Welcome you to another edition of Meet Me Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoff. C70 is bad at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock, Red Dirt, Redbird, A Medlock, one on the Twitters. Took a couple weeks off because there wasn't that much to talk about as the playoffs were wrapping up and uh, everything of that nature. And then apparently baseball just decided to drop everything on us this week. So here we are. Um, and we've got lots of Cardinal stuff to talk about and some related Cardinal stuff, perhaps, if, if you're looking at the new manager in, in Chicago. Um, but before we get into all that, um, Alan, I want to get the first thing that we saw this week that we really thought we would talk about was the, the Justin Turner situation. And I think everybody knows by now, but if for just to slightly recap, Justin Turner, somehow, you know, he had an inconclusive test for COVID. Uh, he took another test before the game. The results came back during the middle of game six that he had COVID, took him out of the game, sent him to quarantine. He stayed there until the game was over and then basically broke himself out of jail and went out on the field, running around, no mask for a lot of the time. Um and there's, I mean, that's, that was a controversy that has been over eclipsed in, in Cardinal Nation about stuff that has happened later in the week, but it's still a situation. I realize that's really tough on Turner, but it's a terrible look for him to do that. Oh, without a doubt, especially um, as I think everybody was ready to pat baseball on the back for finishing the season and making it through where at several points in the year, they didn't think it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And when they finally do do it and they do it in a great world series. Um, and uh, you know, it's the, probably about as bad a look as you can, as you can come away way with in this, in the situation, you know, they held off, you know, just that morning they had a, what was it? 58 days without yeah. the uh, last positive so. test. And then you see what happens. Um, you know, it's funny. I was kind of, uh, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm safe to say it on here. I was kind of L.A. Dodgered out mm-hmm. after the game, and I was like, okay, they won, you know, whatnot. I'm going to, uh, you know, we, we turned it. We were watching something else, and I was just checking on Twitter. And then somebody posted, they go, wait, Justin Turner was pulled because of a COVID test? So I was like, oh, wait a second. So then I kind of flipped it back over. Then I started scrolling a little bit more. And I was like, I'll probably need to find the story out. And then I thought it was weird because the pictures that I was seeing was him on the field. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, no, hold on. There must be quite a bit more to this. So the rest of the evening that night, which, of course, it was late already. Then the next day we were were reading and uh, looking at the pictures. And I was thinking, you know, he has the reputation of being a really good guy and a really good clubhouse guy and great for baseball. 
Um, yeah, it's 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 one of those that you want to say, ah, it's tough to blame him, but boy, I don't know if the look could be any worse considering what they went through all year. Yeah, and it's, it, it, I mean, one, it's still, I still think it's very interesting to find out how he caught this virus. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there's supposed to be this kind of bubble it, and, I mean, I'm not sure exactly the situations, but they were staying in hotels, right? I mean, they were, I assume they were being checked on. I assume that sure. they, um, you know, you know, maybe there was a little bit of a lapse in that because of everything had been good, but I, I still don't know. I know that there was an indication that a Ray's family member had it as well. I guess that was still in that bubble too. Not that they necessarily caught it from Turner, but that they um, have, shouldn't have caught it from Turner. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> so somehow it kind of got in there, but, um, but yeah, I think that, you know, look, I realize that he's worked for this for his entire career and, and this is something that you really want to be a part of. And it really is terrible that he don't, that you're not, but I mean, you look at what people have had to go through for the last few months, right? I mean, people that have not been able to be at the bedsides of, of dying relatives of people that have had to, you know, postpone their weddings or have much different ones. And we've seen people that haven't done that, that have had like, there's, I think maybe in New York, there was a case recently, maybe from New York or someplace else. I'm not hundred percent sure where, where, you know, there's seven or so people that have died from a wedding that they didn't even go to, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't know how this stuff is going to spread. Now, is it probably, I mean, it's very likely I'm, I'm going to say this. it's likely that nobody's going to catch it from her. If we haven't heard from any cases and stuff like that. So he probably got off. Okay. Um, and, and thankfully that he didn't spread it, but the, the idea that he could have, and I mean, the Dodgers have talked about this significantly about, you know, Kenley Jansen and his health issues with Dave Roberts being a cancer survivor. We got those guys being so high risk. I think, you know, when they were talking about people opting out and stuff, those were people that were at least mentioned. And then just to just kind of run around like that. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, you're right. I, I, Turner's always had a good reputation. It's not going to affect him on the free agent market. He's probably going to go back to Los Angeles anyway. But I mean, I don't know. I, Maybe maybe it's asking too much for a ball player to be mature about something. Yeah, that's a great point. And you know what's funny? My first my knee jerk reaction when you when you said that just now is uh, I do believe that it may hurt him in, in free agency. But then I was thinking it's not because he's going right back to LA. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you said. I mean that that's going to be the situation. He'll get a suspension, and of yeah. course they're going to come back and say it's worth it. Uh, which you know, uh, I don't know. It, I, I mean it, that's not. That's what we're going to hear. That's the attitude we're going to see. I don't think it's going to be malicious. I think there will probably be a, a, an apology. But, uh, but yeah, it, 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 it kind of stinks when you see all the situations that everybody's gone through and how frivolous some people take it. And, you know, even the circumstances on this one, it, it makes it a little fishy. Um, after you, you and I had talked about it a little bit, you know, via, you know, direct message that uh, you're like, well, how did he get it? And I was thinking, that's a great question because we thought these were locked down. I kept thinking that we would find out that it was probably a false positive somewhere down the line or if there mm-hmm. was something wrong with the with the test or you know, one of those things. And I thought that may even go through within like 24 hours to kind of figure something like that out. But, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it is weird that, uh, it's just, I don't, it was almost fitting that, uh, we make it all the way to the end of the season and one that was questionable whether they should have had anyway, 
this happens and it happens on the last night, which could have been a complete disaster if it wasn't the last night, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at, you know, a game a week later. So yeah. it's uh, it, very weird times. And I mean, it's very tough to just kind of uh, justify the actions at all. Yeah, I just, I mean, you're right. It, I, I just, I can't really wrap my head around around that. I mean, again, I understand you know, to some degree you've been around these people and already, you know, good, possibly they've already been exposed to you. If you've had, you know, I, maybe that's part of the rationale, but you know, just to, I mean, you know, you have that. I mean, at best, I mean, if you, I mean, even being out there is, is bad, but if you have to be out there, I mean, you would think you're keeping your mask on, you're keeping as much distance as possible. And he wasn't, I mean, I mean, again, if you're out there with a mask on, it's, it's not great, but at least maybe you can say, look, I did what I could, but I had to be out there, whatever. But it was just, it was a, a deliberate flouting. And especially when, you know, MLB security is trying to keep him locked up, if you will, and he's not having anything to do with it. I'm not saying that they should have, you know, <laughs> tased him or anything. That would have <laughs> probably been a bad look at the end of the World Series. But um, I don't know. I just, you know, it is, it is disappointing that the, the season ends like that. And you're, you know, you mentioned him talking about an apology. I'm a little bit surprised we haven't seen one already. I mean, it would be very easy for him to come out the next day and say, look, I got, I got caught up in this and, you know, I probably shouldn't have been out there, you know, and that's kind of having your cake and eating it too, you know, I mean, even if you don't believe the apology, you got to go do it and then you're, oh, I'm sorry about it. Yeah. But he hasn't done that. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe when you get to spring training next year and people are talking to him, he says, yeah, but I think more likely he's going to say, I'd do it again. And the suspension doesn't bother me because you're right. I think that there has to be some sort of suspension just because that's the rule and you broke it. I mean, you deliberately broke it. Um, it may not be much. It may not be matter meaningful. Um, it's probably not going to matter because the Dodgers are going to run away with the division again next year, most likely. Um, but there probably will be one. And I, I don't know. I just don't know that there is a whole lot of uh, remorse in that situation. No, it, it, go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, it's sure. If, if somebody else caught it from him, he would, but, it looks like, you know, no harm, no foul. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, uh, that's, it, it's one of those, well, I, for lack of a better term, you almost, it was bad because even Mookie Betts made a comment about, hey, we're not going to get, we, you know, we're not going to even look past, we're going to look past that. You know what yeah. I mean? We worked all year for this. And I was like, ah, it's kind of tone deaf. Um, you know, and it's, it's one of those where you don't wish the worst, do it, wish the worst on anyone, but you're mm-hmm. thinking, you know, I mean, are, you're rubbing a lot of people's noses in it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I do think that the fact that they have all been around each other for a while now probably factors into some of that. He wasn't, but you know, there's a lot of people around that maybe you hadn't been interacting with, you know, some family members or staff or things like that. And, you know, again, I don't know. It's, it's not a, it's not a good thing, but you're right. It's probably the most fitting way that 2020 season was going to end. Um, So, and we'll see how that comes out. We'll see if there's any indications of how he caught it and stuff that comes out in the next week or two. It's also a good chance that as this, we've turned the page to the off season and we'll get start to that in a minute. It's also something that might get a little bit put in the rearview mirror, you know, um, that it happened and MLB may do their investigation and, you know, but we may not get a whole lot out of it. So, yeah, um, that's the way, that's the way stories go as quick as possible. Yeah. 
pretty much. <laughs> and it did get away from us pretty quickly because I think it was the next day, maybe maybe two days. It was the day. It was, yeah, it was the day, day after. Yeah. yeah, day after that the Cardinals came out and decided that they would not um, pick up Colton Wong's option for next year. Colton Wong had a $12.5 million option for 2021, and instead the Cardinals pay him a million dollars, and he becomes a free agent. And, oh, my goodness, did things melt down. And, and for rightly so, I think. I'm, I'm not saying that all the slings and arrows that were thrown at the front office or at the ownership were accurate, but this was going to be a passionate issue, and it wasn't a situation – if they pick up the option, it's no big deal. If they don't pick up the option, this is what you're going to get. Whether it's a right move or not, it's not going to be perceived that way. Yeah. 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 I completely agree. And it's, uh, I was anticipating, I was curious to see what the reaction was going to be, you know, altogether. I mm-hmm. think that, I think the Colton was a little forgotten about just because of Molina and Wainwright carrying so much weight to what the Cardinals are going to do this offseason, which makes it which kind of made it an understatement with Wong. And I think some of that came from the assumption that they were going to bring him back because that was the only way that they were going to compete mm-hmm. is stick with your guns, pitching and defense, you know, let's uh, let's, let's, let's roll with it. And this is the, an easy decision to make. Well, and you know, in hindsight, it, it wasn't. And I think some of the, uh, I'm not so certain the vocal, uh, with the vocal crowd is ever going to uh, um, be happy with this. But if you can look around baseball and say that this is a baseball problem, this isn't a Cardinals problem right now. Um, you know, guys are getting dropped left and right. Options aren't getting picked up. The waiver wires and the non-tenders, that hasn't even started. So it's going to be pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that lessens the blow any for the, as quickly as we found out about Wong. Um, it surprised me. I, I thought that that was the one that they would pick up just like for, for the reasons we just talked about. It made a lot of sense to do that because if you're going to compete with the way that you've gotten there and we don't expect them to do much as far offensively as they probably need to because there may not be the money out there. Yeah, that's the perception we you know that, that's going to be out there. It was surprising when they made the move. And what was a little surprising about it is how quickly it seemed pretty permanent. Um, I kept thinking, and you and I had spoken earlier in the day, that I thought that if this was going to, if they were going to announce that they weren't picking it up, I felt like it was going to be made pretty evident that they were looking to do something. I don't get that feeling at all. I feel like this is a money saving deal. And, uh, you know, the immediate flexibility I thought was an interesting statement to kind of show that, uh, that this is going to be, uh, this is going to be tough. They, you know, they had, this is the, this is the decision they made and I don't think they're going to backtrack from it. No, I mean, when when Mo said that they were keeping the door open, I think there was that idea that maybe so that that maybe you know after the dust had settled with people being wavered and and seeing what the market was going to look like that those teams might come together and come up with a a deal that you know maybe escalated that it was a three year deal that maybe didn't pay Colton as much for 2021 but got bigger as the thing went on but you know fairly soon after that uh colton's wife Alyssa um came out with a well one of those things that you see when athletes leave town right i mean the the thanks for everything it's been great love it 
looking forward to new adventures, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it was a very nice post and it was, but I think that kind of meant that both sides, uh, if the door is open, it's just a crack. It's just like their fallback for each spot. You know, if, if Colton gets out in the market and can't find absolutely anything that maybe, you know, the caller knows will take him back, but they're going to take him back at his pro at their prize. Um, yeah. I mean, even, even in that press conference, you know, Mosellock said likely Tommy Edmund is your second baseman next year. Um, it is, it's very disappointing. I, I, you know, I wrote about it yesterday and yeah. gone through a lot of it. Um, I can understand why the Cardinals do this and I'm not, I don't think it's as much of the being greedy and everything that, um, we normally, you know, get at, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some of that, but this was a tough year, but I also think that like, you're right. I mean, if you're going to compete next year, you got to kind of bring Colton back to have that defense on the side and, and the, the offense that he brings. And I'm not saying that he's a, all world um, offensive guy, but when you put what he can do league average a little bit better up against with his defense on a pitching and defense staff. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, if you're moving Tommy Edmund a second, and if that means Colton, that means um, Matt Carpenter plays a lot more third, that's going to hurt you um, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, that's, that was the one that that worried me the most because I kept thinking all along that um, I don't think that they could go to they could go into twenty twenty one with uh, with this outfield. I think that they figured out enough they can, and I didn't feel like they and I don't feel like they could go into a twenty one with Carpenter taking the uh, uh, the the everyday spot back to third at third base. Um, my head's kind of spinning on all these things right now. Because there's a part of me that wonders if this just wasn't the first move to rip the Band-Aid off and that Molina and Wainwright may be more likely to play somewhere else. And this could be a season to where you feel like you can compete with what you have. You don't have to spend money. And next year you could really be in the move because you you have played out your last year contract of Carpenter and, and Miller and Fowler. Mm-hmm. And this could be one of those to where you're, they're looking like, hey, everybody around the division is going to be down because they don't have any money to spend either. Let's just go with what we've got. We have the pitching that's going to keep us in this, and let's let's save that money and let's bank that until next season. Ah, that that way we'll have a better idea when fans are going to be in the stands and have, if we're going to be able to play a full season. That's one thing that concerns me uh, at this point, and that was that kind of changed the perception of what I thought the offseason was going to be. I didn't necessarily think I, – I still don't think, and now I don't think less than I did, that they were going to be big players in any market to go mm. pick up anybody that had two digits in front of their, uh, in front of a contract. I felt like there was some low-hanging fruit that they may be able to get to, and we've talked about that with Brantley and other guys in, the sh- it, you know, in previous shows. That I don't know is if that's even in the market right now for them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's – it's a little disappointing because I felt like they could still compete. And I, I, I feel like they still can. But you open up that hole of not only Carpenter at third and Edmund at second, which they, possibly they could work. You finally found a leadoff guy, and that's something that you hadn't done forever. Mm-hmm. And the flip side of that argument is going to be, well, their offense was terrible this year. But I'm not, I'm not certain that, that Wong was that big of a problem. I feel like the outfit was more of a problem with the offense where they wanted it to go. And they got what they expected out of Wong. 
for the most part, I think it's kind of interesting. I, as you were talking, I got a, a call on um, my um, phone that uh, from a three one four area code, and I have a feeling it's <laughs> it's them trying to you know sell tickets or whatever the case yeah. may be. Um, and I, I think that's an interest. Has got to be a tough. I would not want to be those people this week um, trying to, you know, sell tickets or at least get people interested. <laughs> yeah. In, in 2021. The message right is going to get shot. Unfortunately, yeah, not, yeah, that's going to yeah, be tough. Exactly. I mean, because there's, I mean, it's, and right now it is difficult to, to say, why should I buy tickets? Um, and I, again, I don't know that that's what that phone call. Sure. Was sure. Called, that's just maybe, think, why, you know, why should I? Um you know, you've you've telling me that that Colton Wong's not coming back. You're telling me the payroll is going to go down. You can't guarantee me that Wayne Wright and, and Yachty are going to finish their careers in St. Louis. Um, yeah, there's not any indicate you're not going to go out and get any sort of big name guy. Um, you know, and this team was a struggle to watch at times this year, and they went to the playoffs. Now you're going to tell me, you know. What's what's the what's the what's the hook? What's what gets me into the stadium? I mean, that's that's a hard thing. Um, you're right. I mean, when we talked about this, you know, on on message this week, you can't rule out 2021 being a successful year for the Cardinals just because almost all the teams that were worse than they were offensively are in the same division as they are. Um, the Brewers were worse, um, overall, the, the Pirates were worse overall. The Reds actually were worse offensively overall, which that may not hold, but then they're losing people and, and they're not going to likely be able to replace them. Um, the Cubs are, were down. They're going to, they're, I mean, they're not going to run away with this division. So yeah, I think in a, in a bad market in, um, a year where people are going to be letting good people out there for, there's going to be a lot of good people out there that are going to have to take like 20 or 30% of what they were making this last year. Um, but still it, right now you're, yeah, it's your selling point is we may be better than the rest of these terrible teams. <laughs> and that's not, I don't know that that's enough to get people back in the state. Assuming they can get back in the sure. state. Maybe you sell, normalcy maybe you sell haven't you missed it but you're not going to be able to sell the product on the field very easily yeah i mean that this very conversation happened at our house this week um christmas this year i was very fortunate to get a a multi-game pack and Mm -hmm. and my wife and i were going to head up there and we were going to uh to uh watch where i think we're going to be up there seven or eight different weekends and we that led us to go ahead and buy some extra tickets for the kids or whoever was deciding to come with us. So we paid a pretty good amount of money for some tickets this year. Uh, of course, got refunded. That was handled well. I that's, I was kind of hoping it would roll over. It didn't. But I we were talking about Christmas gifts and everything this weekend, and I, and I made the comment that I would like to get those back. And, you know, Amber had a great point. She's like, Last year, you ultimately didn't even get a Christmas gift because this happened. You know, I'm not so certain I really want to roll the dice on that again. And I understand that has more to do with COVID than it does the roster. But I have a feeling there's going to be inklings of people that are going to feel the same way. And maybe in the product is going to lead to that as well. Um, 
it's going to be a tough sell. Uh, and the thing is, is I don't think that the market is going to allow that perception to change until probably January, because you're not going to get any early signings. Um, mm-hmm. I can't imagine unless somebody, which there's always an owner that that feels that's going to that, going to sling that arrow early, and that may not be the, the you know the best way to do it. We can argue that for what mm-hmm. for whatever, but it's going to be tough. I don't see the Cardinals signing anyone that quickly until whatever virtual winter meetings they have. And that I don't, I doubt that's probably going to be spectacular. Um, I expect a lot of the roster to come back. I feel like they're going to turn over. There's going to be some non-tenders that could be interesting that they could bring in, but, but you're right. I mean, the sell is getting tougher uh, about putting people in the seats. I feel like you could, you see that uh, across you know, the internet that it's tough whenever, whatever social media mm-hmm. platform you're on. So no, I agree. I mean, that, that's, that, conversation was had and, and it's going to be difficult um so yeah i don't envy them i don't envy those spots um it's uh it's it, it's tough for me to see anything happening before summer next year anyway um you know greg amsinger was on 101 he's on several times you know or once a week and and made the comment how a lot of the talk right now is that spring training will open April one, and they'll play about 140 games. I think you're going to hear everything across the across the map on those things, but still, the uncertainty right there makes you less inclined to go ahead and hit that purchase button. Absolutely, and and um, it, it's all going to tie. And you know, we've said this for months now. It all ties on a vaccine, right? I mean, if a vaccine sure. comes out in the next few weeks. At least, even 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 if it's not widespread, but even if it starts rolling out in the next few weeks, then if you're the Cardinals or baseball in general, you start feeling a little bit better about the idea that everybody's you know you're going to be able to get a more normal year, and, and maybe it's a slight delay, maybe it's like you said, a, an April spring training and push it back. Maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's uh, you know a March first spring training instead of mid February, with the game starting you know maybe mid April. Um, you know, you start feeling that pretty good about that. Um, but you know, if it's January before the first batches start coming out, then yeah, then you start. But so, uh, you know, I, and I don't envy, you're right. I don't envy them trying to figure out what they're going to do for next mm-hmm. year. But, you know, I do feel like, I feel like they will push if they can, if they think it's reasonable they will push things back so that stadiums can be full. Um, you know, whether if, if, if it looks like widespread vaccination is going to happen in April, you know, maybe May is the beginning of the season because that gives a chance to everybody to be, I don't know that they want to open at, I'm, I'm sure they'd probably better than that than anything. I don't know. Do they open it 20% capacity? Do they do like we saw in the world series with, you know, what 10,000 people in a $40,000, a 40,000 stadium? I don't know. I mean, it, I guess that's better than nothing, but I think they're really, especially the Cardinals, because that's what we're hearing, right? They're so tied to attendance. They want full-scale attendance as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. I did. That that I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's one of those situations to where I feel like, any assumption that I've had throughout the uh, this, the pandemic has been wrong. 
Uh, I keep thinking that, uh, you know, then the summer we would be in a much better spot. Now things are getting, you know, worse, of course, when the weather's getting cooler. But, you know, I kept thinking, well, let's see how football does it. And that um, that will kind of be a litmus test about how baseball will probably do it next year. And you know what? I don't know. I don't know if that's in the plans. I think that uh, baseball wants to go full bore as, as as much as possible. And, you know, I heard there was much more than 11-5 in those stands. Hmm. in texas you know i don't know if that's i mean that's word of mouth and it's hard to substantiate but but um you know we'll have to see how the winter plays out we'll have to see if there's a vaccine available and you know what the uh the word is around, about that and and it's it's going to be a weird off season i mean it, it's going to be one it's going to be interesting because we're going to hear a lot of things that you know maybe non-baseball related that relate to baseball that uh you know it, it, it's going to be crazy. I mean, it's just going to add to a, a very odd year. Is this a situation, do you think, that I, either one, the rich get richer? Um, because we've seen, I think I saw that the Yankees exercised their $14 million option on um, Zach Britton, while the Indians, of course, let Brad Hand go through waivers with the idea that they're going to release him because they don't want to pay that $16 million option. Of course, we saw Colton Wong, which is what started this. Um, is it a situation where the rich get richer because they can afford to keep players like that? Or is there going to be a, a, a – or and or, maybe. Um, is there a place where some team says, these deals are too good to turn down, and we're going to bite the bullet, and we're going to get a hand for – three million dollars and we're going to go get this guy for two million and we're going to build almost an all-star team at bargain basement prices do you think somebody's going to do that or are they all going to kind of hold the line and say look you know we're not nobody's going to be spending money uh well i it's funny because i kind of do want to see how what kind of unified front these the owners have with baseball and uh, i get the feeling i i agree with you i mean i'm going to take that i'm going to take the uh, the approach that someone is going to go out and pay more than they should on several of these guys and say, hey, when baseball comes bouncing back, whether that's in 22 or 23 at full capacity, we're going to have somebody on a sweet deal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is going to be some money spent like that. You know, I always think the Marinos and stuff like that are, are willing to do that. They kind of buck the trend of baseball anyway. And I feel like they're going to go out and get some people. Um, I don't know. That will probably be frowned about, uh, frowned upon in uh, big league baseball, because I think right now when you see some of the, the build a wit quotes are, you know, hand in hand with the Manfred quotes, I, I feel like there's going to be some of the ownership that's a unified front that we don't have any money to spend. I think there's going to be a few Cowboys out there that do, that do uh, right. Sign some pretty big contracts. Um, you know, I think Springer may benefit from that. You know, some of those guys, some of those big names that they feel like they're getting a deal on those, uh, I think we're going to see more of that. I don't think it's going to be, you know, the wild, wild west out there with some of these free agents because I think that some people are going to wait for that, uh, for those cheaper deals and the fact that there's going to be so many options not not picked up and the non-tender list is going to be pretty good. But I do think there's going to be contracts given out. I don't think it's going to be a completely broken system this year. I wonder, <laughs> I doubt it because they've got more money and obviously it turned out pretty well. Um, or well, I hadn't turned out yet because I hadn't, hadn't started. But I do wonder if the Dodgers are a little bit feel like they jumped the gun a little bit on the Mookie Betts extension. Um, you know, because I had him for this year, 
in theory, he could have gone to the market and he wouldn't make, I don't know what he got from the Dodgers, but it's sure it was like $30 million a year or something. I don't know that he would have gotten that this winter. Um, now, again, the Dodgers just won the World Series. Yeah. Dodgers are in good position to win for years to come. Sure. Um, and they've got a revenue stream that's right there, up there with the Yankees and such. So I don't figure they've given it a lot of thought, but you know, and maybe that's just, that's a different mindset, you know, whereas the Cardinals would be, well, we've talked about this, right? We've talked about the fact that they shouldn't have extended Matt Carpenter. They should have had the option for 2020. If they had just exercised his 2020 option, Colton Long would still be a Cardinal because they would have probably declined his option. Definitely would have declined his option. Maybe they would have worked something else out to keep him around. But after the last two years, they wouldn't have been paying him whatever he's going to pay, $16 million or something next year. Um but instead, they, you know, decided they wanted him to be a legacy Cardinal. And, you know, it's kind of that and the Fowler contract, which, again, Dexter's been, for the most part, he's been fine. He's had one bad year, but he's been about fine. I don't know how much money, but I, I feel like the Carpenter contract's extension is much more egregious and is, is really starting to hurt now. And maybe it wouldn't have if 2020 had been some sort of regular year. But it hasn't been, and now it it really has come home to roost. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's one of those to where the Dodgers and Yankees and those those coast teams are just on such a different playing field than everybody else that I don't know if if the Dodgers can actually sign someone to a contract that they truly regret. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. It's one of those, especially after winning the World Series. I it, that's that's going to be a tough one. But I mean, I remember this time last year. I remember you and I having the conversation about the Carpenter contract before the pandemic. Right. That you're just like, well, was this the best way to spend money? We 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 appreciate the Cardinals for trying to keep these guys in house and and you know these legacy players that have meant so much to them. Well, it, they're a little handcuffed right now, um, and I don't think that I don't think that the the organization felt like they were going to be counting on Matt Carpenter as long as they've had to count on him. And I think a lot of these issues come from the fact that there were development issues and some of the people have not developed and performed how they thought they would. I, I mean, I, I, I truly do hate putting the spotlight on some of the guys that we have the whole time. I don't, I don't feel like I need to highlight them because it's the young outfield that, that they've moved a lot of guys away. You saw one of those outfielders succeed in the, in the brightest of lights with the Rosa Reina and some of the guys that just haven't picked it up where, where they thought they would. That puts the emphasis on some of these contracts that you see how poorly they look now but they may not have been if you would have had a full season and other guys would have competed. You know, we probably would have said, ah, that's, you know, we, we get it. We get why they did it. But now, I mean, this, the spotlight's on it and it's tough and it's, it's tough to see that, uh, you know, you hear the legacy player contract and you see the extension given out when it probably wasn't needed. And a guy who, I mean, he was a Cardinal for seven years and could have been one of those legacies let walk, you know? And I think that, you know, 90% of the people you, you ask would rather have Wong than Carpenter. You know, it's a tough situation. It makes some guys look bad, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, but it is what it is. And it is, it, it, it's a tough market to answer these type of questions. Let's, let's take a little bit of a detour here. It's not, it's, it's related, but it's not necessarily as, as vital. If you're, if you're looking at the criteria for a player to be a legacy Cardinal, what are you looking at? I mean, for me, I guess, you know, Molina and, and Wainwright are, but because they are, because they've 
they've had success in St. Louis and they've been there for a long time. There's a point in a guy's career. I mean, there's a point in Adam Wainwright's career. If he had become a free agent after 2012, say you want him back, but I don't think you necessarily go all out to get him back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's a good player. He's very good, but he doesn't, get that extra bonus for being a, a Cardinal that came up through the system. Whereas, you know, now obviously there's that extra of, we want Adam Wainwright to finish career. And I'm saying that because, you know, they did make that decision on Matt Carpenter. It really felt like they wanted Matt Carpenter to be a Cardinal for the rest of his career. But I don't know why they chose Matt Carpenter instead of Colton Wong. Instead, I mean, obviously Carpenter played a little bit longer but I'm not sure Carpenter's body of work, even at that time, even coming off that amazing run in 18 really stood out for me as a guy that has to be a Cardinal his whole career. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great question because I'm not sure how to answer if it's not postseason success mm-hmm. in an extended run, uh, yeah. which I feel like Wong has done that. Um, you know, I, I, I really, I don't know how to answer it. I mean, I'm sure there's, we're probably skimming over something that's fairly easy about what they look for. I'm not sure what that is, but, uh, well, but yeah, in my thinking is, I didn't, let me interrupt no, you. No, but not at all. To some degree, it's gotta be like, if a guy's been there 10 years, then you start thinking about it. Right. Yeah. But just because he started his career, Jack Flaherty started his career in St. Louis. I love Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty is a great pitcher, and I hope that he's a Cardinal for a long period of time. But I don't know that you just, just because you brought somebody up doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're in this mix to always be a Cardinal. Sure. You know, um, we've seen a lot of guys, you know, you know, John Jay, Daniel Descalzo, those kind of guys, uh, granted, are on a le- le- lower level of production than a guy like Carpenter, but still. I don't know. It's just interesting. I, I, my feeling is unless they've put in 10 years with your organization and especially 10, like from the beginning of their career on, I don't think you really have this discussion or this focus of trying to make sure they end their career in a Cardinal uniform. Sure. I mean, it's uh, I think that uh, as much as we, as much as we watch and study and break down the best way that we can, the Cardinals, it's one of those that anybody that comes up, you feel like is going to fit and succeeds. You feel like is going to fit that model. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to think you, that's a good point about the 10 years, because I mean, they have their rights for six anyway. You know, if you make it quick, you know, to the big leagues quick, you're going to be a mainstay. So yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the, uh, what I, I think that there is probably an aspect of community involvement, yeah. That also adds into that. Yeah. Um, that would probably be some things that we just don't know. Um, you know, because I mean, look how revered Holiday is for some of those reasons. But even then, Uh-oh. they didn't they didn't make the extra effort to bring him back for the last year or two of his career. That's true. That's true. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question, and and um, you know, those are probably things that we'll probably never know. You know, or unless yeah. we hear from, you know with the third, you know, next time we're ever to get together. I don't know. Yeah. And that's not something that you will likely to tell us either. Um, <laughs> but you know, and in some of it, Hey, some of it may just be personal preference on the guy that signs the checks, you know, and that's, it's, it's his team. 
you know, I guess if, if Bill DeWitt really likes Matt Carpenter, there you go. Uh, and I think there's at least some indication that that might've been the case. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't think you want, and this maybe kind of brings us a little bit back. I don't think you want an owner that completely runs a team as a business, mm-hmm. right? I, I, you don't want them taking the emotion out of everything. You don't want them, you know, you know, cutting corners and, and things like that. And for all the people that have been talking about Bill DeWitt and, and his money issues and all that kind of stuff over the last few days, I don't find that to be the case with Bill DeWitt. I, I, there's, I mean, not saying that they don't make tough decisions and not saying that they don't use analytics and financial, you know, reporting and things like that to make some of their decisions. But there is an element of, of emotion in this. There is an element of wanting to win. There is an element of, you know, we like these guys in there. And I think you want that. You don't want to go too far on the other side where it's all based. I mean, that's kind of what baseball was in the, you know, the fifties and sixties sometimes with those ownerships groups where it was like, you know, if you made the owner mad, they sent you off. Well, Steve Carlton, um, you know, or, you know, if if the car, if the owner liked you, you were sticking around no matter how bad you did. Uh, You don't want necessarily all that, but you got to have some sort of emotional play in that. And, and that's where you get to, that's where you get down to Yadier Molina and, and Adam Wainwright, who have both now free agents because they have to be to some degree, at least with Molina and, and pretty much for Wainwright. Cause Molina made $20 million last year. And if he didn't become a free agent, the Cardinals would have to pay him, I think 16, at least uh, you can only have so much of a cut uh, unless you become a free agent. Um, you know, I think a lot of us expect that they're coming back, but I don't know that anybody's guaranteeing that they're mm-hmm. coming back, right? And especially with the news this week, and we kind of maybe we'll just go ahead and talk a little bit about it since it ties in of Tony Larusa coming back to managing with the White Sox, which I really do want to talk about that decision in general. But um, that kind of opens up that idea of you know what does does Yadi. Uh, you know, do Yadi and Adam go to the White Sox? I mean, they're talking about playing together. Are they, how sold are they on talking, on playing together? I mean, where do you think we stand with these guys and how far should the Cardinals go to bring them back? The, if you would have asked me immediately after the season, I would have said that it was a shoe in that, that Molina, Wainwright and Wong would all come back and kind of go back on our first part part. I feel like they were going to come back because that was the best way they could compete. They doubled down on their defense. Wainwright pitched well enough to do this, to come back for another season. And Molina's Molina. Um, kind of transitioned into, uh, there's going to be some wandering eyes for Molina a little bit. You hear some of the big names that would, could pay probably pay him more than the Cardinals are willing to do that, being the, your, Chicago, or your New Yorks and, then you see the the Larusa situation, which would make a lot of sense. And the the first push, the first pushback is going to be, well, they have a high dollar catcher, but you know, <laughs> Grandall plays a lot of first base in DH as well. And I'm sure Abreu could probably DH. I think there's a lot of warning signs that that may happen. Um, I feel like the Cardinals are going to try their best to bring them both back. Craig Edwards had a good article today on, on Fangraphs about the top 50 free agents, and he had Molina down as a $12 million a year player. Um, I would think that the Cardinals would be willing to do that. I'm not so certain 
it's not my money to spend, but there's a part of me now that that I'm, that makes me think: Is this the transition that they probably need to make, and just both move on? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of the threat of signing anywhere else that really turns me off, and it may not. It may just be. It may just be uh, uh, smoke out there, and both know that they're coming back anyway. I don't. I I, I don't know. I think the Cardinals will be better by bringing them back. Um, how much better? I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, a Molina coming back probably trades Kisner, I would think, for two years, unless they feel like he's going to need, you know, two more years to develop, which which it seems kind of ridiculous to me. But I, I really don't know at this point. I, I had a feeling after the uh, the Zoom call and reading the tea leaves a little bit that this is maybe the, the Band-Aid being ripped off a little bit. And that there's going to be maybe more widespread changes than we think outside of, of of Wong. And I'm not so sure if those two, but where I've gone from in a month thinking that it was a shoe in that they would be back, I'm I'm not so certain right now that they will. You know, honestly, if I knew they weren't going to play anywhere else, it wouldn't bother me if they weren't on the team next year. You know what I'm saying? Um you're right. I think that this time to kind of time to see what Kisner's got, if they're going to do that. Um, <clears throat> there is that kind of trading water period until the end of, of next year when they can spend some money because the contracts are coming off. Um, but, you know, I just don't want to necessarily see Adam Wainwright in a White Sox jersey or an Angels jersey or a Yankees jersey. I... I don't know. That would just feel weird. I mean, it, and it happens. I mean, Willie Mays played for the Mets and, um, you know, there people have been other places after a long term thing. It's still a little bit weird to see Eric Hosmer in, in San Diego and things mm-hmm. of that nature. I mean, they happen. Um, but I would, I would really hate to see them playing somewhere else. So I would like to see them come back for that reason, because they want to keep playing. But you're right. I mean, if you're running this unemotionally, it's a 39-year-old catcher and a 38-year-old pitcher or whatever their ages are, pretty close to that. Um, and, and granted, they both still have something, but how much something do they have left? How much do you want to pay for in this whole area of things? And you've got Kisner. You've got a lot of starting pitching, although it's depleted a little bit with – Hudson being gone for next year. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think that, yeah. I, again, I'm not saying that they shouldn't come back. I, I do think that you're right, that this is an interesting time for the Cardinals to um, just have a, a um, fresh start to some degree. Um, sure. Sure. It, it, it's one of those situations in which, is few and far between, I would think, to where I would like to have both of them back if there was more movement involved. You know, if, mm. if some of the money that was that was saved by Wong, if that went to a little bit of improvement, um, yeah. whether that's signing another third baseman on the cheap or bring another bat involved. That Brad, Matt, Matt very, may very well be Miller, Brad Miller coming back. I don't know. Um, that's not super exciting to me. I do like Miller, but I would kind of like for them to do something to say, Hey, we're going to compete this year and the division's down and you may not have to do much to compete. Mm-hmm. But 
are we looking at a situation to where it's that's going to be our off season is just bringing those two back, which makes some sense, and then some see what we can get off the uh, the off the uh, trash heap or the non tender pile and see what we can we can resurrect, or is it a situation where those two co- don't come back and you try to improve? That's what concerns me. I'm afraid if those those two don't come back that we're looking at more of a transition year and, and for lack of a better term, a punt in 21 than, than anything else. That's, that's what concerns me the most. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when Mo says the payroll is going to go down, um, he didn't say how much, he didn't say how, what it would be, but you know, they haven't really increased payroll the last couple of years anyway. Um, I want to say, I want to say even last year's opening day, Assuming it had started, I want to say that we looked at it in the off season, and their opening day payroll was going to be less than the opening day payroll of the year before. Um, I I would be very afraid that they would not necessarily reinvest the money that Melina and Wainwright were making into a Michael Brantley or anything like that. Yeah, um, I think they would try to say, "Well, we need to, you know, Adam, you know, have Kisner. Um, you know, we've got we can see Oviedo for a whole year. Um, you know, feel like we've we're confident in all these guys." Blah blah. blah. Um, and and they might spend the money on a Miller or some veteran platoon bats or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, um, I and then I, I don't know. I mean, how much do you think payroll is gonna go down? Um, you know, I think they're in the 165, 170 range, maybe. I mean, are we talking about 160? Are we talking 140? Uh, yeah. Is, is it significant? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you worry about that one and a quarter a little bit. If they, if they, if they have the feeling that there's not going to be fans in the stands, I could see it being somewhere around that, that level. Um, you know, I, I, it, it, it's a scary time because it, it, it's one of those to where, in the back of in the back of my mind a little bit, I'm thinking, well, if they're going to save money and they're going to win 82 games with Molina or without Molina, mm-hmm. I would kind of like. This is going to sound terrible, but th- there's an element to me that would kind of like to see Kisner and the guys play a yeah. little bit if that's going to be the case. But it's, um, I you know that that's what's. The uncertainty of this whole year has just driven me nuts, and I and I know that no one has the answers to this. It's not like someone's holding out on you, but it's it's just incredible that we aren't going to know anything. I mean, if they're going to try to to bank on having fans next year, that answer is not going to be out till January. No, no, you know that's. I mean, we we've got a while, you know, to deal with this. Um, so, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I how long does this take? With the a Molina or Wainwright, do you think? Oh, boy, they want to wrap it up quick, but I just don't see it. I mean, I can't imagine. I think it will wrap up quickly if they get out in the free agent market and realize that nobody's offering them anything. If yeah. they're offering three million, four million, five million dollars, or whatever the case may be, and I think there's. I think it's going to have to take a fairly decent offer to get them to change what they've known their whole career. You know, if, if the White Sox come and offer $12 million and the Cardinals are only offering seven, then yeah, sure. They might do that. Or one of them might, one of them, whatever, even though they talk about it themselves being a package deal, 
it doesn't mean that it's actually going to work that way. Although it would be slightly disappointing to see them on different teams too. Um, but if that's the case, because I'm guessing they've had, surely they've had discussions already. I, yeah, I have no idea, but I feel like they've had some sort of discussions of some idea of this is what we're looking at. You know, if you want to take it to the free agent market and see if you can do better, let us know. It, it kind of a let us have the last word sure. thing. But, you know, if it's five, six million dollars more a year, I think there's a good chance that they go somewhere else. But if they get out there and, and people are looking at them as people that they don't have that connection with and they know their reputation and they know they can be helpful, but they're not going to, you know, Again, the White Sox may not want Yadier Molina to catch 150 games in a year, and they may not want to pay him $20 million to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if they find that, I think they come back. But this is a situation, I mean, I don't know if anybody settles quickly, right? Because these players, the players are going to go into the winner with an idea, probably somewhat based on past winners which we're showing anyway, but um, of, okay, this is what my value is. This is what my value has always been. A player from like this has always been worth $8 million. So I'm going to be looking in the $8 million range and owners may be coming in and say, what used to be $8 million worth for us is going to have to be $4 million now. And I think there's going to be a lot of tension between players and owners there that, you know, players are going to be holding out for a while thinking the owners are going to cave. And I'm not sure that they are, We've seen that in the, the last couple of winters. Um, I don't know that anything gets settled too much before early December and may even be into the new year. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I would think. Um, the uh, it, It's not to just keep retreading this. It's just that uncertainty of everything, mm-hmm. you know, uncertainty of the market. Um, I, I, someone, will, well, someone will strike a match early. You know, that that doesn't necessarily affect the Cardinals or anything. It's it's one of those to where I wonder how close Wainwright contract doesn't necessarily come into play much to me just because he's had two team friendly deals. And I feel like incentives are going to be heavy and however they bring him back. Um, Molina's one where I kind of wonder how close to 10 they are or how close to five they are. <laughs> You know, that, that's yeah, kind yeah. of what I, a question that I've had from the beginning, you know, and then, uh, you know, Edwards had him at $12 million a year today, and I just don't think the Cardinals will do that. That seems awful high to me, though. I agree. I mean, he knows more I than I do, but that seems high to me. That's kind of what I thought. I was like, I don't I, – I think that if it gets double digits, it's getting to 10, and that's it. Ooh. And I think that will be the only double-digit player the Cardinals sign this offseason, and I think that's probably the case whether they sign him or not. Um. But that it that yeah, my question would be, is this want closer to ten or is it closer to five? Because if it's over ten, I think he's probably gone regardless. So you know, I you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's going to be a weird. It's weird. I mean, I don't. It's tough to justify. It's almost like the Pujol situation to some degree. I mean, yeah. I, but you know, they came in with a, a contract of five years, and it was a it was a high annual value, but it wasn't the long-term contract that Pujols wanted and they never recovered from that. I mean, he never, he was always ready to go after that. Um, so, you know, they could do the same thing with Yachty. I mean, you know, Yachty had an Instagram post after Tony La Russa and, you know, um, kind of this idea of, you know, what was it? The thinking emoji or something of that nature. Yeah. And then, 
Marcelo Zuna comes along and saying, Hey, where are we going to play next year? And he said, well, we'll figure it out. Um, you know, if you're talking about, you know, there's gotta be at least some, some appeal for a guy like Yachty to, you know, if he's got a few friends that are, that are free agents of trying to get all in the same spot, um, because it may be your last go around. Um, I don't know. Once you start adding players, it becomes a lot harder to see how they're all going to get in the same, same location. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think it's uh, Yachty's a guy that if you come in wrong, then you've kind of shut the door um, unintentionally maybe. Um, but, but we'll see. Um, so we've, we've talked a little bit about this, but maybe to, to start wrapping up, in the fact that Tony LaRusso is coming out of retirement of, well, retire managerial retirement. He's not really retired. I mean, he went to, you know, he was what general manager type, or he had a front office job with the, the Diamondbacks. He had a front office job with um, the Red Sox. He's got one now with the angels. And I think those last two have been a little bit more ceremonial and being yeah. his name there, but get me, you know, kind of advisory positions. The one in, he had some, had some responsibilities out in Arizona, but he hasn't really just fully been away from baseball. Uh, but he has been out of the dugout since 2011. And now he returns to the team that originally hired him. Um, what do you think? I mean, overall, just about, about Tony La Russa and what that means for him and his legacy and everything. It's uh, it was weird. Just the, the kind of timeline. And we had talked about this, the, mm-hmm. uh, Whenever the name came out, I was thinking that's an interesting name just because of what he means to that organization, what he means to Reinsdorf. And I always thought there was a possibility it would, it would happen, but I honestly didn't think it was that high. Because I kept thinking as, as close as they are to winning and as many Latin American players they had, I thought Cora would probably be a pretty big name involved in that managerial search. And I thought that 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 would probably eliminate a lot of the talk. And it was kind of to get, you know, t- the, the, the word on the street that La Russa was, was a consideration. I thought was more of a pat on the back to La Russa from Reinsdorf. Mm-hmm. Was it picked up steam and you started to think, well, this could, pr- this could probably happen because I fully expect Cora to go back to Boston now after the year off. <laughs> and you start thinking, man, this is, this gets a little bit interesting. Up until, you know, that late night tweet out of Chicago media that said, be on the lookout for some announcement tomorrow, I honestly never thought it was going to happen. Even Mm -hmm. when I read an article about how he he had reached out to some of the uh, former confidants about coming back, I just didn't feel like that was the fit, you know, with uh, their youth and and all that situation and him being out for 10 years. I I didn't think it would would be a good match. And and at this point, I'm not certain. I love La Russa, but I'm still not certain this is a great move. But uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, I'm I'm ready to see who he gets on that staff. Um, I wonder if – now, was McEwen not on the staff? I think he was on the staff. Was it White Sox staff that he was on? He used to be on that staff. I don't know. I can see him. I can see him staying on as the bench coach, knowing that this is going to be a short-term gig. But other than that, I would kind of like to see who all comes back because now McKay is still in baseball, right? Or was this his first year out? 
It may be his first year out. Let me see. Yeah. Let's see. McEwing yeah. is is still with the White Sox organization. He was he, he was the bench. He is the bench coach there. So yeah, I could see that stain. Um, I wonder about you know Duncan is not coming back. Yeah, but it was interesting that Dave Mc. Uh, uh, to David Coase because that's just punches. Uh, Duncan was already in the White Sox organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as and a consultant, exactly, exactly. And the, it sure sounds like he's not coming back to the dugout. I mean, he was on the radio this morning, kind of saying the same thing. But then you wonder about McKay and Patini and all the other guys. And uh, you know, I'm I'm willing to say I I'm excited to see what he puts together. Uh, and it's I'm excited to see him back. But uh, you know, it for something it seems like an oil and water mix, and I and I really can't put my finger on why. Well, I mean, you know, anytime you put a young a young team, and this is definitely a young team under a guy that's 75, 76, um, you, you kind of expect a little bit. I mean, that's a couple of generations cap, you know, there. I mean, he's, Tony may have, well, he's, he hit grandkids <laughs> that right. I mean, that's, it's, you don't expect to necessarily have that kind of common bond except for the game of baseball. Now, I do think a little bit of what has been said about La Russa and, you know, how he's, you know, the old crusty guy is a little bit overblown. I mean, as some pointed out, you know, he had no problem with uh, Ozzie Smith doing backflips. Uh, well, he just had problems with Ozzie Smith. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think we ever heard him complain about David Freeze throwing his helmet uh, in game six. Uh, you know, we didn't hear a lot about some of that. I think he's, I think he knows that he's going to have to come in there and let the players play to some degree. Now, style baseball, you know, you know, all that. I'm a little bit surprised he wants to go back to American League. I'm a little bit surprised. I'm just a little surprised he wanted to to, to, his, to mess with his legacy a little bit. I mean, it, it, you know, legacy is overrated maybe a little bit somewhat, but you know, to go out as a World Series champion. I mean, there's a chance he could do that with the White Sox, um, and maybe that's fitting to go back to the place that you started. Um, but he's always seemed to have that connection to St. Louis, even when he's been at other places that I was a little bit surprised that he would get so actively involved with another team, but um, it's fine. I know that, you know, John Raby was really adamant about, you know, you know, take his name down until he's, you know, because he's on, he's an enemy now and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not that way. I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, it helps that he's not managing the Cubs. If he was managing sure. the Cubs, maybe we'd have an issue, yeah. but, um, you know, he's been gone. He's, he's part of the Cardinal history. Um, and you know, it's not, you know, hopefully he does well. Uh, we'll see. Um, I do. I thought we were about done. We're not, I found some other topics, but one as well, we're still here with the managers. You mentioned Alex Cora, maybe going back to Boston, which is a very good possibility. AJ Hinch, if he hasn't been named this morning, seems like he's about well, on, the, yeah. on the verge of being named as, the manager of the Tigers is baseball. Guy, is that a bad look for baseball? These guys sit out a year and not only a, they sit out a year, but it's a, it's a shortened year. I mean, if they'd been in baseball, they would have only had a third of a year. So they really don't miss out on much. And they're immediately Cora basically taking his job back. Hinch immediately getting a chance of job. Does that show that baseball as a whole just didn't take the cheating scandals very seriously? Well, I think that there's probably more of a good guy factor involved mm-hmm. in that, that both guys are very likable, that both guys are esteemed, I think. Um, I don't think it's any mystery that you're never going to hear Luno's name mm. uh, getting a job. And I don't think, one, his case couldn't have gotten worse, and him going public made him look really stupid. 
And uh, so I think that there may be a factor in that. Uh, you know, a time heals all wounds type situations too. I mean, we've seen it with Steve Howe, <laughs> you know, yeah. for all those, you know, sure. drug suspicions and whatnot. I, I I, don't know if it's not taken seriously, but I feel like there is an element of, uh, you know, serve their time type situation. And, and I, you're right. I mean, it's the shortened season, but it's the 2020 season, and that's how everybody's going to look at it. Especially that's how baseball wants everybody to look at it. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. It really does not bother me much, um, and I could almost kind of see it coming a little bit. I I don't know why. I mean, I like Hinch, and I I mean, I personally like Cora. You know, one of those. So that's I I don't know. I feel like uh, it, it it doesn't it. It doesn't strike me as so negative. Let's but let me put it. I'll just say that. I think that. I think that one. I'm a little bit surprised the teams are willing to take on the idea that if they get better, there's always going to be questions about it underneath Hinch and Cora. Um, you know, if the Red Sox bounce back next year, you know, how many people are going to be questioning how how they did it? Yeah. Um, doesn't mean that they did anything wrong. I, I really don't expect that Hinch and Cora will <laughs> stray from the, the, the lines now. Uh, they, they know people are watching them. Um, but I'm a little surprised that teams were willing to take that on um, with the negative connotations that might come with it. I'm also yeah. a little bit, I'm not as surprised. Hinch seems to, from the stuff that I've read, he didn't seem like he knew about it, but he wasn't necessarily a willing participant in it. Yeah. He could have done more to stop it, but I can understand maybe why that, although again, that would seem to go towards your managerial leadership. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. Um, Cora being involved, not only in Houston, but also in Boston, I thought would, might pay a bit of a more of a penalty in having you know trouble getting a job just because it had carried it forward he'd been a little bit more active participant but you know and again they haven't i haven't i haven't seen that 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 connection yet although you're probably right on it um but a little bit surprised there but i realized as i happened to check something while we were talking the first topic we were going to talk about this week when we were talking about things was the fact that Jeff Albert was coming back. And that's, um, you know, the whole, whole coaching staff is coming back. Um, and I know we talked about beginning of the week about how we would get into get into that. And then everything else happened this week. Yeah. I kind of forgot about it. But I don't want to let that get past us. Uh, I don't really want to hold it off for another show. Um, sure. It is a little bit. It's not surprising. I think a lot of people expected Jeff Albert maybe not to come back because his contract is up. Um, but for me, the idea, you know, I have gotten the impression, and I think everything the Cardinals have said, is they are building something with his philosophy. And building something, you don't go out to build a house and move in the next day. This is going to take a while. And they've only had a year and a third or, you know, a really weird year. It seemed for the fact that they fired minor league coaches and changed philosophies and all that, it just didn't seem like they were then going to cut bait after, you know, a year and change. Yeah, that's, it's, I kept thinking, and maybe it was naive on my part that he may be the scapegoat, Yeah, you know, in the situation yeah. to where, and then we thought, and then when you think about it a little bit more, there was an institutional uh, shift to uh, align with everything that 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 
his program brings. Mm-hmm. And that would have been pretty tough to put a face of the franchise in or a face of the franchise, a face of the uh, offense in and, uh, you know, may have been someone that was underneath him. I don't know. That would probably have been the only chance that that would have happened. Um, you know, it's yeah, it doesn't it. I was a little surprised when they did the coaching announcements for that reason. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, when you look at it, there would have been a whole um, a, a lot of wholesale changes that they would have had to make, and they would have had to make it off of a sixty-game season or a fifty-eight-game season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, it, he's he's going to be under a microscope a ton, you know, especially with some of the guys not performing that they think they were going to. Um, I'm not sure what that approach is. Um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, but yeah, I mean, my knee jerk rea- reaction was ah, you know, that, that surprises me a little bit. But uh, I was glad to see everybody else come back. Yeah, I, I I would say that if Albert was fired, I, I did think that it was would be that you know public cover. Yeah, and they would hire somebody that was actually very similar to him, just didn't necessarily have the the public baggage. But you know, honestly, the Cardinal organization is not really into scapegoating a lot. You know, I mean, they could have fired Mike Matheny at any time and they stuck with him for a long time. Um, I, you know, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's, you know, people are listening to this and they'll, you know, hit me up on Twitter and tell me, you know, these obvious situations. But it feels to me that they're willing to take some public heat um, if it's something that they believe in, you know. And right now, Jeff Albert's philosophies and Jeff Albert's ability to get the most out of people is something that they believe in. Um, you know, take it for what it's worth. I don't know how long it takes, how committed they are. I mean, is this a thing where in five years, if they haven't seen results, he goes, is it a situation that after next year, if they're still not seeing results, are they willing to scrap it? You know, and even if you go, you got to realize they want to see those results at the minor league level too, because that's my thinking on this. If Jeff Albert can make a lot of an impact, which they seem to think he can, it doesn't seem like he's going to make that impact on the Dexter Fowlers, on the Matt Carpenters, on the Paul Goldschmidt's. Sure. He's going to make that impact on the Tyler O'Neill's, on the Lane Thomas, on the Harrison Bader. Now, obviously, we didn't see that much this year. But, you know, after another year or two, you know, and the minor league system's got to show that as well. We could start seeing some results in the minor leagues and not at the major league level for a while. And that might be enough to keep Albert's job. But, of course, there were no minor leagues last year. If you think major league baseball is uh, kind of in flux for next year, minor league baseball certainly is. Sure. Um, you know, it feels like Albert's kind of going to have to get a couple of reasonable real years before they decide whether this is working or not. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great point. And it's uh, the, the uh, it's going to be tough to, uh, it, it would have been tough to pigeonhole him with the, with this shortened season. And uh, because I think that they're going to take a longer look at, with O'Neill to where I, I at, at the end of the season, I think that you and I both thought that that may be a change that, uh, yep. you know, he didn't hit much and he didn't hit at all in the division series and a wild card series. And, uh, you know, toward the end of the season kind of faded. I think there's enough coming out to him with the fielding Bible award and the, the gold glove name and their search for power that he's probably going to get a probably extended look like next year, because they're going to fall back on the, well, it, he didn't play much last year and you can't, the, the results don't mean much in one of those things. And then I think that you, that Albert is, 
really under the microscope for that, especially with the potential. And next year, that I mean, there could be a lot. There could be a long stretch next year of playing a Carlson Bader and O'Neill. And I think those will be the results that uh, that speak the, the heaviest for uh, for Albert. But but that's a great question. I mean, how long does this transition take? You know, I, that that I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, how 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 much do you say it's the players not getting it versus the results just aren't ever going to come? Yeah, I think that's uh, and that's some situation. I don't know. There's a ton of metrics. They're not looking at batting average. Not even necessarily looking at OPS to know whether this is starting to to come around. You know, I'm sure there's velocity and there's lots of different things. I know they're using a lot of the the metrics and the viral metrics and things like that nature. So I know there's a lot of data that they are kind of pouring over to see whether the trend is in the right direction. Um, but um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. O'Neill, I think, you know, somebody, maybe it was, maybe it was Alex, maybe it was somebody else on Twitter this morning pointed out that, um, you know, it doesn't, you know, oh, Tyler O'Neill is, you know, led the league and led the team in home runs for what that's worth. Yeah. Um, and is, as cheap as it gets in a situation where the team needs power and needs to not spend money, it becomes very difficult to see how they move him. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I think you and I talked about, it cause that, that outfield's got them a situation. Now Lane Thomas is a different story. Maybe, maybe they can get something for him, but um, yeah, it, you're right. I think you're going to be right. We'll see a, a, at least some, some good runs of Bader O'Neill and, um, and Carlson. I, Still thinking that they might try to platoon Bader um, a little bit and let him be a defensive replacement because he hits lefties better, um, you know. And, and maybe they can do that. I don't know if they can do that with Tyler and I haven't looked at his splits, um, or if they bring in some sort of veteran bat. You know, we were talking this week about Jock Peterson. That might be a little bit more expensive than they yeah. want. But yeah. then again, you know, we talk about this and we say Jock Peterson may be more expensive than they want, but that's based on an what he would normally get in the market. Uh, you know, um, he may not get that, you know, if he's a normally a $10 million player, we'd say $10 million is more expensive, but he may not get $10 million in this market. He may only get six. And if $6 million, then maybe he becomes in the, in the Cardinals, you know, range. I don't know. Um, that's the, all these kind of things that are going to be very interesting to, to look at. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's, like I said, there, I, the only player that they sign for, you know, $10 million is going to be Molina. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's going to be, it's going to be bargain shopping. And you do wonder if there's some kind of platoon or if that platoon is going to be a, a you know, uh, a fowler, you know, I, I really don't know. I think that uh, the roster is what it is as much as I would like to see a veteran in the outfield. that doesn't make a lot of sense right now to, to spend the money on it. If you're not going to spend it for Wong, but uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how, how not only the Cardinals, but how baseball shakes out on those things. Yeah, yeah, it will be. So, anyway, we've run a little bit long, but there was uh, quite a bit to, to get to. So, um, Alan, I'll be with you sporadically <laughs> through the off season. It just kind of depends on what the weeks look like. Obviously, around the holidays, we get quiet. Um, we've got some people that we're going to try to bring in this week, this this off season, um, and have some guests, have some conversations. But um, you know, so if you're not subscribed to the to the show on uh, iTunes or wherever you are, go ahead and do that so that you can always be sure to get a next uh, episode. 
follow us on Twitter. You can follow the, the sites, uh, the, the show's Twitter, uh, meet me at mutual. Um, what do we actually, let me make sure what that actually th- is. Um, uh, I think it's just, uh, it's yeah. Meet me at mutual. Okay. We did call it the whole thing. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember if we abbreviated or not. I didn't, you know, but meet me at mutual, follow that, follow Alan, follow me. You know, we're always tweeting out when we've got it, uh, a link or something of that nature. Um, so, and, uh, we'll be back at you when we can. So, or Alan, this is Daniel. Good night. Good night. They just won't go away. <laughs>